This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Torch Sports Podcast. We're back today. We have the full squad on deck here this week. And uh, another another eventful week in Ferris Athletics, a little bit, um, but more so in NCAA men, as we will discuss our how our predictions for the Final Four and Championship turned out here in just a little bit. But first, let's talk about something that's a little bit long overdue that our advisor, Garrett Stack, has been kind of nagging us for, and that <laughs> is a Ferris basketball recap. So, Brandon, Joe, you want to take this one away? You want to go first, Brandon? Let me I go mean, first. yours was pictured first, dog, so you That's go true. first. That's true. I can go first. I was like, I was pretty happy with that story. It went pretty well. The only bad part was Bronkema did not get back to me, so I had to use, like, quotes from, like, like the sports show and stuff like that. So, like, that was the only downside, but it went pretty well, uh, especially with kind of the, um, like, the quotes I was able to get from the players and all that. It was pretty easy uh, to reach out to them, which is always good, but the, like, I kind of want, I don't know, I was a little bit confused about like how I wanted to start this story and kind of like what I wanted to approach that with, especially with it kind of being like a recap and then a little bit of speculation. But I thought it turned out pretty well, uh, seeing that like, I don't know, kind of speculating all the players that were going to be gone next year and stuff and trying to include like player stats and stuff kind of sprinkled in throughout there as well as like recapping the big games and stuff. So uh, I guess like the hardest part was kind of going all the way back to the beginning and kind of just making it so that way it wasn't like super drawn out, but also so it wasn't too short. So but I think it turned out pretty well. Yeah, you did a really nice job of including the highlights of the season. So that was good. Well done there. Thanks, boss. Brandon, for you on the women's side. Yeah, and I think the, the biggest headline was turnaround, and that was really the whole basis of what the story was around. This was a team that won six games last year in COVID under their first year head coach. And the next season was a complete turnaround. And I think the biggest attribute to that was the health aspect. Getting Adrian and Chloe back has pretty much gave the spark that this team has needed for so long. And I think that really came to light of how deep this team really became. And I mean, the fact that we're going to lose some seniors, but they it seems like everybody has firmly... Um, believe that the program has been established now and that was the biggest things from some of the quotes that we got um, and I think the the picture on the graphic Brody was excellent because I think that like that whole picture of them putting themselves and the tournament title uh, on the bracket was I think like the perfect icing on the cake as far as like the the last month well for them has been like the whole glory road because there's been ups and downs throughout the season especially after the new year dropping like three or four uh three out of four at home to start the season in conference play and then turning around and beating two of the best teams in the country and almost beating ashland in the regional quarterfinal it was just an incredible season and the, the the program has been established here everybody is so excited to what has been built and just to build off of it moving forward yeah, you did a you did a really good job in that article with uh, some stats. I was gonna go back and check some of your stats, and then I realized that you had done the work in the article yourself to check them. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like their shooting percentage last year. It wasn't listed online, so I like started adding everything up, and then read your next two paragraphs, and you had it in there. So, good job on the stats. That was really nice. Um, and then a funny story about the the image, real quick. Usually the images, I try to get bigger so that they're not stretched. And I was like, oh, great. I'm not going to be able to find a photo that's like stretched out like that. Um, but then I found that one. And all I needed was the the middle part of Adrian's face and her stamping it on the on the, um, the GLIAC board. So it worked out perfectly there. So good stories from you guys at the top end. 
Um, and finally, we got around to getting a track story. It's been long overdue. Yes. I do apologize. I do apologize to Brandon for that. It's okay. Um, but Jeffrey, you you got to cover the MSU Invitational, and we did really, really, really well. Some some PRs on both yeah. sides. What was it like? Ten on the women's side. There was uh, there was a quite a bit of uh, personal records. Um, I can't remember exactly. There was. I can't remember exactly how many there were, but there was a lot of PRs. I think almost everyone that competed almost broke their personal records. Yeah, I mean, just a crazy performance from both sides yeah. in the track and the field portion. Yeah, uh, it was, uh, we had, there was um, a freshman runner. He broke his uh, personal record. So as a freshman, to be able to like break your personal record, now you you got like a good foundation to kind of build off and like keep getting better. So expect good things from him. And then uh, Sydney Kubiak had uh, broke her personal record and then came in fourth place in her race. Uh, she had like an eighteen oh seven, and then she wants to break under uh, eighteen. For that's her next goal is breaking under eighteen. So. Yeah, I mean, like I said. It- I don't. I think this is the first track recap story that we've had. I think we had like a preview story maybe earlier in the year, or first semester or something like that. Um, but good to finally have a recap story out there. So and thank you, was, Jeffrey, for that. That was the first outdoor yep, track, right? Mm-hmm. First outdoor race. Mm-hmm. So uh, well done for well done for you for getting that story out there. Well done for Brandon and the track team. Some nice some nice records there. Brandon hooked um, me up with the with the. I got you to hook up. Yeah, yeah. contacts. Of course. Got me the contacts. Yeah, definitely. It'd be kind of a bad excuse if I said I couldn't, you know. But you know, it would. It <laughs> yeah, you can't write the story, but you can definitely. Yeah, you can yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sell so I don't have anyone for you. Some quotes, I'm just sitting so. right next to him. I don't but have I didn't help with it. No, I didn't help with it. Nope, he did not. <laughs> so there we go. There's your. Uh, there's your track. We got a long season for track ahead. Softball should be should be kicking up here. I think we got one of you covering softball this week, right? Or two of you. I'm taking Dylan, that's Dylan. Right. Yeah. Sweet. So softball coverage coming soon, more track coverage coming soon. And then finally for this past week, we've been hitting home on some some interesting hockey storylines recently in the uh, ECHL with Liam McDougal, Ethan Stewart, hockey recap. And this week we had a really, really cool story from a great experience of having the Stanley Cup here on Ferris's campus. Yeah. Uh, so back in uh, February, Brian Garlock, who... Uh, is from Big Rapids and uh, went to Ferris for a short time, uh, brought back the Stanley Cup. He's working with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, He couldn't bring it back in 2020 because of COVID, and he was supposed to bring it back a lot earlier in the year, uh, to my knowledge, but then he got COVID himself, and that was kind of suspended. But in February, he brought it, and originally I just wanted to do a piece on him just bringing it to um, Big Rapids, and then it kind of snowballed to where I have – we had both Brian and uh, the assistant coach uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, Derek Lalon, who used to work for Ferris as well. Um, and I got Bob Daniels commenting, and I had so much fun writing this article. It was a bit of a pain trying to get in contact with guys that are working for professional organizations, but to as somebody who has an insane love for hockey, being able to kind of climb that uh, mountain to, to talk to these guys and just to understand what it's like to, you know, win the Stanley Cup, it, it's huge. So um, definitely one of my favorite stories I've written so far. Yeah, it was, it was a cool story for sure. It's it's We always like to get those stories where we're not covering something that happened in a Ferris event. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about something that, 
previous people at Ferris have done. And I, I think that you did a really good job of getting those getting those interviews because I know you struggled for a long time with just playing phone tag and that kind of stuff. And then also great idea with the with the design there. Oh, that, beautiful. That graphic, graphic, well done to Dylan Bowden for actually putting that together, but I love the idea because I had no idea what uh, what sort of graphic we I was going to have in store for that, and I, I love it. So well done there, Dylan. That was pretty sick. Yeah, very, very good job all around. I think this was one of our strongest sections that we've had in a long time, and that is something that I wouldn't say if, it, if I didn't feel it was true. So well done, sports section. Um, a hand from your uh, your editor here. Yeah. Let's hope, let's hope that uh, let's hope that our fearless, Keep fearless leader, editor in chief, and advisor Garrett Stack feel the same way tonight. But I Keep definitely want to give you guys props for this section. Well Fingers? done. Stack's probably gonna tear us apart. Probably yeah. he'll probably say it's the worst one we've ever had. <laughs> Dylan, this is the worst thing. Like Joel, your story's terrible. That you're graphic. What what were you guys thinking? That yeah. Was awful. <laughs> Just kidding. So, anyways, very good section this past week. Um, we have just a few more this semester. I think we have three more papers, maybe four. I'm not exactly sure what we're doing during the exam week, but what four weeks of school, five weeks of school left? Three more weeks of school, dude, or four more weeks of school. So I think we'll have three more papers. Yeah, thirteenth, twentieth, twenty seventh, and then. And like I said, I'm not sure what we're doing during exam week. It would so. be the fourth of May, so that would be the only fourth one. But four anyways, we are we are winding down this semester for sure, and I'm glad that we are still producing oh. high quality content that. I hope people are enjoying. So, yeah. Um, anyways, besides the torch, um, we last week talked a lot about men's basketball because, as we all know, Final Four and Championship were over the past weekend. I don't know about you guys, but I am horrible at making predictions. <laughs> oh yeah, like absolutely terrible. I think I ha- I think I said Villanova Duke right, and God, the only one so that was right in this room. Brandon Worth. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon Worth. And the only reason Brandon was right was because he went against his gut. Exactly. I found <laughs> the secret. Whatever you think is going to happen, bet the opposite, and you win every time. That's what That's what it is. Mm-hmm. So next year we should put a bracket together where we collectively pool our thoughts mm-hmm. and then just do the opposite and yeah. see what happens. On the right take... side, though, I got extra credit points. You uh, did. From our, sure, from our you did. You were, you were second, have... right? I was. I actually dropped on the third. Third? Yeah. Brandon, you were top ten, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, with Kentucky bracket. Yeah, I, I stopped. Don't know were, how that I stopped looking at it as soon as Iowa went out. I just stopped looking yeah. at it. I was like, oh, well. I think that you were right Charlotte. behind me. Yeah, bro, I think I was that. fifth. You were right behind fifth or six. I'm and Brandon, I think you were like six or seven. I think I there. got a couple points, but yeah, once I was like, ah, it's over, and I was like, oh, actually, dude, Connors, okay. the who his won our was, was like very in the 99th percentile. His yeah, his bracket was very, very good. I had a bracket where I had Kansas win, and it was like 93rd percentile. So that does definitely speak to how. Uh, to how well Connor did for sure, but anyways, what what are your guys' thoughts on these two games? Because honest, or the three games actually, because Duke Duke UNC obviously Duke first UNC. Weekend, I like. I blame I blame Mark Williams uh, for the whole <laughs> game. Um, I don't know how you foul so many times in one game. Like you know, either let him score, or just put your hands up or something. I don't know. Well, you gotta but, give you gotta give credit there to Armando Baycott as yeah. well. Cause oh yeah, he was, a performance. Yes, he was yeah, he's yeah he. I mean, he led the the whole tournament in uh, rebounds. Mm-hmm. It was like the most rebounds in the tournament for like, and he tied yeah. the single season record for double doubles, mm-hmm. right? With Tim yeah. Duncan, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he played amazing, but I, I really blame Mark Williams for, for the, the two missed free throws. Like if you make one of those, like it's a, it's a yeah, different, those were huge. different, it's a different story. Those definitely huge after that. Yeah. I mean, you look at what Armando Baycott did. I mean, the 15 and 15 in the national title game, even including the injury that he had, that he was not 100% in that game. But I think, yeah, I, I mean, the fact of North Carolina going into 
that game knowing everything around it was against them, right? We're literally everybody in this room. We're like, yeah, Coach K's riding off in the sunset with a national championship on his shoulder, right? And he's going to ride off on the golf cart um, one last time with the trophy next to him. But this time it wasn't so. It wasn't the case because, I mean, what Hubert Davis has done is, I mean, it was incredible seeing that team just shut everybody out and being able to play their game of basketball, being physical, beating them on the boards. And, I mean, they were really, a lot of this tournament, they are not afraid to take quick looks. And, man, when they're making them, it is some, it's something incredible to see. And, it, and it's got to feel good for those guards, you know, R.J. Davis, Caleb Love, that you can take a quick shot if you get a decent look because you got a beast down low on the offensive glass. I mean, how many times did we see Hubert Davis draw something up not to necessarily make a contested shot, but to get a switch for Baycott for an offensive rebound? I mean, just especially in the Duke game. That was uh, that was a big key, I think. And out of that Duke and North Carolina game, I seen what I needed to see out of my man Paolo Bancaro. Um, hopefully, you know the Pistons are able to land him in the draft. Ah, that's 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 my guy, Paolo Bancaro. He he had an amazing game. He had an amazing tournament, really. Yeah. I mean, all the way back to the Michigan State. Out games. of out of the three top prospects, he had the the most complete. Uh, tournament like he just was able to take over at times in the games when he needed to uh, he made big plays when he needed to I mean in the first I think it was like for a while in the first half he made the only two threes that Duke uh, made out of like 12 out of their first like 12 shots he made the first two and nobody else made uh, a three I mean that was I mean and then it was also kind of interesting to see how Kansas was able to execute in the second half against North Carolina, particularly with shutting down North Carolina's guard play. Uh, I think they did a like a, a lot better job like defending Caleb Love in the second half. So that kind of like took out like that that let them come back into the game, their defense against the guard play of North Carolina. Yeah, I mean two things for this Kansas team have stood out all year long really. Their defensive prowess and their ability to get out in transition. It's what won in the game against Miami, got them to the Final Four, and it's what got them past, the, past North Carolina in the championship, really. Mm-hmm. So very, very good Kansas team led by some senior players. And that, and that again, we're seeing teams with senior leadership, consistent players perform in the tournament. North Carolina, Kansas being two of those. And, you know, Duke was a very good team, but led by young guys. And a lot of times that doesn't get, lead to a national championship. Mm-hmm. And I think even especially the – that senior aspect coming into play, especially like we're hearing the the stuff about what was going on in the locker room uh, at halftime and like Dave McCormick smiling like, yeah, this is exactly what we wanted. Uh, because, I mean, the fact of their second half being able to turn it around almost seemed like every game that they started off slow, whether it's the Providence game, whether it was the literally the Villanova game, they were down at halftime. And those, those abilities to, to make a turnaround I think really shows that leadership and like it's just it was something crazy to see because you were like every year in this tournament it's like yeah Bill Self's got always got a good team but is it always enough to actually get to the top and every time it seemed like they'd fall up a couple steps short but now finally got it done it took them a long time but finally got all the way through to hold up a title here's a crazy story about the Kansas team Remy Martin played for Arizona State yep the previous it was 2017 and 2019 he was responsible for knocking Kansas out in the 2017 bracket and 2019 bracket. And then he joins them, and then they win a championship. Yep. So does that, a, he's crazy. a kryptonite, I guess. Yeah, does that mean Remy Martin should have been the the MOP, most outstanding player? 
Mm, I'm just kidding. I mean, Ocha's been fantastic, too. So, I mean, he's well-deserving of it. But, yeah, that is an interesting story, though. It's very interesting. It's like Kansas said, like, okay, we got to go get him. He keeps killing us. We got to go get him. Yeah, it's definitely one of those interesting things. Sometimes one player can can make the difference, either knock you out of a tournament or or take you to the the top. And that's exactly what Remy Martin did. Very good player, well-deserving as well, worked very hard in his career. So, Dylan... Last time we talked, you were uh, you were very adamant that Coach K was going to ride out on the <laughs> highest note. And no, I will not let you live that down. <laughs> so can you please talk about what happened to your Duke Blue Devils? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Speaking for America, my friend. Yeah, I mean, that, that one bit me. I think I was a little too adamant on that one. Um, I was uh, – I'm not I'm – not, terribly into uh college basketball so i'm not um aware of every single thing but i i just thought it was a t- i thought it was too good of a story honestly uh with him being the the college basketball legend he is i i thought this would have been it but uh sometimes yeah you gotta spoil those stories it's funny because someone that i know one of my buddies he is convinced that college basketball is staged. Like yeah. it's all just, oh, man. it's all Maybe just, you know, yes. Oh, no. So he was saying the entire tournament, oh, Duke's going to win it all because it's staged and Coach K is going to, you know, make make a final championship in his last season. I was like, it's okay. You know what? You, you look at the emotion on these players' faces and you tell me that it's staged. But anyways, I just got a nice little chuckle out of it when Krzyzewski did not win in his final season because yeah. how can you how can you say after that that it's still staged you know what I mean yeah so sorry Dylan to to rain on your parade but that was a nice little uh, laughing moment for in myself defense, yeah. we are journalists so you know storyline you could feel it for is that true. a little bit it I, is true I can understand that and, point of view. and I kind of I kind of think too that the UNC Duke game was almost like the Michigan State Duke game from a couple years ago in the final four where it felt more like the national championship yeah. than the actual national championship agreed so in reality, I mean, if if Coach K was going to go out, go out without a championship, I think this sort of a run this season would have been the way that he would have wanted to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I got to say my prediction was the absolute worst. I remember saying from in in the uh, article that uh, Kansas is going to escape Villanova by the skin of their teeth. Rolled them, and then <laughs> how I said. That it was it was an obvious obvious win that Coach K was going to the national championship and I said sorry UNC it's Coach K's time. <laughs> oh man, just a little bit short. Yeah, a little. At, at least I had Kansas getting there. That's I'll, right. I'll take that. That is true. Well, I didn't get a single one right. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I was way too confident when I said that's what makes it the worst. <laughs> hey. I know we're giving you a little bit of a hard time here, but last year Brendan Sanders chose Ohio State to win the entire <laughs> I, tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So I, I, uh, I read that. I read that in in his um, introduction. He says, "What's an Oral Roberts?" Exactly. What is an Oral Roberts? The team that just beat you. That is what they are. <laughs> so, fun times in March wrapped up. Thankfully, unthankfully, whatever the word is that I'm looking for, um, it's kind of a bittersweet feeling every year this time. You know, turning. Yeah. 
college basketball is done. We got but baseball. To only look that, that is true. We got baseball Opening to look forward day. to. Only 341 days till we fill yep. up brackets. College again. basketball is over, and thankfully our brackets are also over, so yes, we have yeah. no more pain there. But I'm no longer looking at my brackets. As we look forward to some continuing Ferris athletics, the Tigers are starting up this week. It's a good time for yes. for sports, but let's talk about our own sports, like we did so much last year. And let's talk about golf. Yeah, yeah. golf, baby. I want to give. Big week of golf. I want to give. Uh, I want to give Joe a big shout out. He has an internship down in Florida this whoop, whoop. summer. Yeah. To be golfing every day and Tiger writing Woods about. Tiger Woods' son plays on the tour. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Hey, he's, he's, the, golfing. he's the truth. He's the truth. His swing is identical. Butter. Are you Butter. calling that Charlie's gonna be better than Tiger? Oh no, no, I didn't say that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't say that. Wow. I didn't say that. That's a bold call. Yeah, pretty sick. Pretty excited for it. Yep. I leave in like a day after finals, so <sighs> that's, that's tight. Mm-hmm. Tight window, but it's gonna be a blast. Very nice. Very nice. Well done, sir. And we uh, we're happy for you to be down, to be going down there. And I uh, can't wait for you to write an article about that in the fall. Hot. Your experience and and, uh, and recapping hot. that. I am not wearing khakis. <laughs> <laughs> so I will not wear khaki shorts. It khaki is going to be black shorts or like dark colors. The whole like at least dark shorts because I you don't want to be come victim of like the of the sweat stains on your khaki shorts. <laughs> Golfers know what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do those know are, what you're saying. Unfortunately, rough. man. It's got to be a light top and then a dark dark bottom. That's what it's got to be. So, unfortunately, we haven't had the, the best weather here so that we can get out and golf at all this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know about any of you guys, but I Snow think there was, rain. like, one day all year where there was maybe a chance, and I doubt any courses were even open. Yeah. So, yeah. we're in April now and still have not gotten to the course once. Who's excited to finally be able to go play that first round? Me. Me. Very, excited. Very excited. I'm going to be bad. I've been to the Sims, though, here a couple times, so I've been able to kind of polish up my swing, but, like, I'm just itching to go out there. Being a, just on the course is just different, you mm-hmm. know, because it's just quiet. You can play a little bit of music, kind of just chill out, go by yourself, go with your friends. doesn't really matter. And, like, the best part about, like, golf, especially just kind of casual, it's like you don't really have to take it super seriously. I take it seriously because I want to get better at it. But, like, some people just play it for fun, and it's just a good time. Yeah, I think it's, like, such a, a soothing, competitive sport at the same time. They get the perfect mixture of, like, yeah, I want to become really good. I want to be – want to try to be a scratch golfer eventually or whatever but then it's like yeah i mean it's like the it's like almost like a um, another like fishing for example the worst like your worst day fishing is your best day or better than your best day at work kind exactly. of a feel it Bad feels like the same better than a good day at work yeah it feels like the same way with golf and i mean i know that i've struggled in the past with my golf and i'm still yet trying to break 100 i'm so close I got 102 last year but i think it's like one of those sports where you're like it seems so easy until you go out there and it's just like, nope, this is super duper hard and I don't know what I am doing. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think golf, that's that's one of the beautiful things about golf is there's there's multiple different ways that you can play golf. You can play by yourself to be competitive or just to have a relaxing time after a, you know, a tough day at work or school or whatever. You can go out with friends and make it a competition like a scramble or you can go to just hang out with your buddies or you can take it as seriously as possible to be to get better and you know to compete or you can just go out there and not really care at all and just play for fun and i think that's one of the beautiful things about golf and that's why so many people enjoy the game for so many different reasons it's also very warm so i mean you gotta think like who doesn't like being outside in the warm hot weather you know just relaxing it's kind of like the same feeling of like going to like baseball games in the summer like it's it's warm like who doesn't like being outside in hot warm weather so i mean 
So you go outside, you know, have, you know, a couple rounds, you know. Me, personally, um, I struggle with ball control, so I can go get my ball <laughs> in the woods a lot. Don't we all, brother? So it'd be a lot of sweating, walking out through the woods and trying to find my ball, and I can't find it, and I got to drop another one. So Hey, yeah. when you lose less than 10 balls on a day out, that's a good day. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, I know for me, like, obviously, we can talk more about individualized here in a minute, but, like, I like I just mentioned, like, 102 is my best. I swear, like, I could be in the 80s or the 90s if I just didn't have that one shank on each hole. Like, it just happens. Like, I can play three perfect shots and then just, like, two putt or three putt. It's just, like, I don't know what I need to do. Like, something about my mojo's off for one shot out of every hole, and that's what messes me up every time. But, I mean, it's still great. Like, it's a great feeling when you can put together, like, nine holes, just consistently good golf, but... When you're like getting towards the end, and then you start to, I know, like I've done this before, where I've shot, I've led like within two of par, and then the last three holes, I like double bogey each one, and now I'm seven over, and I'm just like, this sucks. Like, why mm-hmm. do I do this? It's so, it's so annoying when you like you're doing so well, and then inevitably you have a bad hole, and I think that's really what makes like the pro tour players so like extravagant is like they are able to just like put that aside and play back to league golf the next hole without even thinking twice. There's so much mental toughness in all sports, but golf and, and baseball, I think, too, for, for the most part. But yeah. golf especially, you have to be mentally so strong if you care about your score. If you don't care about your score, then, you know, whatever, you're just here to have a good yeah. time. But if you care about what you shoot in golf, you have to have the shortest memory. You have to be so mentally strong. And I think that that, that is part of the reason why golf is so competitive with yourself and against other people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What I found that's kind of helped me get better scores is, like, I just played and not lose a ball. And then once I once I had that, my score went from like you know low nineties to like eighty five or so. Like it was, it dropped like pretty far because I'm just not really playing to hit. I just, it's like instead of trying to hit the fairway, it's just like all right, don't lose it in the woods. And mm-hmm. then usually it's pretty fine after that because I don't care if I get in the rough. At least I still have my ball. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you don't have to take penalty trade. stroke. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I would also say is like I'm I play super aggressively. Like you know, I watch too much golf on television where it's like okay. On the tee, I mean, I see the landing zone like 300 ahead, right? And it's like, oh, I could lay up. But you know what? No, I'm just going to go for it. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot it all the way. Every time. So that way it's like. Rip and rip it, man. Like like John Daly says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rip and rip it for sure. But like, I know like there's holes where I could be like, yeah, I could just lay up, lay up, chip on, and then get in in a par for sure. But I'm like, no, I'm going for the birdie. Like I'm going for the tap in, going to the green in two or something like that. And, And then it's just like. One bad shot, and then you're like, ah, oh, crap, now I'm scrambling for a five. Like, it just it just happens so fast. So I could see that part, too, of, like, not losing your ball. I think that's a good I think that's a good analogy. But no, like, if you're in a spot where you need to, like, get back on the horse a little bit, don't be afraid to club down. I think that's kind of a, a hard thing to do, especially for us guys. You know, we want to we grip and rip it that's 330, right. you know? So that's right. Always, in always. Ball, so. Invest in a ball scooper because, dude, I get so – because the my home course is like in the summer, so many like it's like just by a whole bunch of lakes. So all the rich people from like Grand Rapids and like down south, like they come up there. So I found like those like Callaway uh, ones that like look like the soccer balls. Yep, like, chrome soft. Like yep. the super expensive, like oh, the geez. ones that are just like in the water. fifty bucks a dozen just in the water because they what? don't care if they lose them. Oh, yep, because they're all super rich. So like I'll see them like from like a mile away because they're so like distinct, and I'll pick it up and I'll find I'll leave with like. 40 extra balls just because like nobody ever goes after them there you go invest in a ball scooper all right so ball scooper advice advice from joe (laughs) get a ball scooper you like a specific ball 
What's your Me? go-to? Yeah. I like uh, Callaway Super Soft. Super Soft. Okay. But those are like 24 bucks a, for, or it's like 25 for like 20 or something like that. So I really, I only get that like if it's a, a special occasion or something like that. Or if like, I'll ask those for like my birthday or something. But mm-hmm. I don't really buy those myself. Yeah. Other than that, it's noodles or whatever I find in the woods. Yeah. No- noodles, nitros. Noodles, yeah, top nitros, flight XLs. Yeah. Top yeah. flights. Yep. <laughs> those the are ones, the, the working man's Those are the college right man's My golf dad balls loves sure. top flights. And I, I'm like, oh, I don't know how you hit You those. can definitely <laughs> feel the difference between them. Because like the super, the super sauce feels super good when you hit them. Like mm-hmm. even on a bad shot. But like still, like I'm not going to get those all the time. Nope. Yeah, not worth. You can't. All right, so I can't afford it. That's <laughs> it's not a Pro V One budget. We're on a college noodle budget. That's right. That's what it is. Then when you lose them, you're like, oh man, I just lost twenty four bucks. Yeah, yep. yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah, twenty four bucks in the hole right now. <laughs> so let's go around and let's each say best golf moment and worst golf moment. <laughs> Who wants to start? Well, I'll start. Okay, so my best golf moment was probably shooting 81 on a course out in Vegas, like a super nice one. And I put at the 18th hole, it's right by the clubhouse. And I was about 200 yards out. I pulled out my uh, three iron, and I was terrible with my three iron, but I was like, watch this. I put it within four feet. Like, every, like I went up, and like one of the, like the golf pro was watching. He's like, that was a good shot. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. And then I just felt really good about myself, sunk the four-foot putt, birdied the last hole. I saw it like I – Best round of my life. My worst moment was when I played Manistee National, which is a really nice course. Oh, up north. I know that course. I wasn't paying attention, and I drove the golf court through or the golf cart through the bunker, <laughs> right when one of the maintenance people was watching, and I just like got out of there. And like, I because I wasn't, I was like looking at my brother hitting a shot, and I was going slow. I was, I wasn't going slow. I was going pretty fast. But there was a bunker right in the middle of the fairway, and I just plowed right through it. And I was, that's a nice golf course too. And I was like, I'm gonna get in so much trouble. Luckily, they didn't figure that out. But my dad gave me an earful. He's like, What the f- are you doing? Like, yeah, pay attention when you're out there. And I was like. My bad. <laughs> oh my yeah. goodness! So that That's wasn't funny. really my shining moment on the course. I'll be honest. We've Man. all had moments where we're, they're not our shining moments on the course. That's yeah. for sure. So absolutely, Brandon, you want to go next? I I can go next. My best moment, I think, uh, I think would have to be. Um, I I honestly I could mention when last year I was playing with a couple of buddies at uh, Lakewood on the Green for those local and Cadillac, and I. I was playing like horrible. I was like probably six, seven over through the first six. I was just struggling. I think it was on hole seven. It was a par three. And I was just like, all right, screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to tee it up with a six and I'm just going to swing as hard as I can. And I, and I hit it so purely and I put it within three feet. I just turned around and I was like, guys, what'd I just do? (laughs) And I literally got a birdie and yeah, they both, I think want it. I want to say they bogeyed the hole or whatever. And that leads into the next hole, which would be the worst moment. Now I'm on my high horse, right? I'm like, yeah, I just birdied that hole. I go up straight shank slice into like the housing backyards on the right of far seven to the point where I heard it hit a house. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> we're back to reality now. And it was the funniest moment. Just like, yeah, I'm just going to, and we like, I like waited out and I had to like wait to see, make sure nobody was outside, ring, grab my golf ball and bring it back in. Yeah. I think I made like a dead double bogey on the next hole. So that was, you know, pretty humbling. But yeah, that's probably my, that'd be my best. They knew the dangers when they bought that house. That's right. That That was not the first time they've been hit by a golf ball and it definitely wasn't the last. That is true. That makes you feel any better. All right, Dylan. Uh, I'm, I'm on a, I just want to say I'm terrible at golf. Um, so anytime I can actually make contact with the ball is my best moment. (laughs) Um, fair enough. It's, it's not good. I mean, I'm more of a guy who doesn't really care about a score and I'm only, only there just to hang out with my buds. 
So uh, the one time we got uh, golf carts and we're just uh, cruising around the the entire course. That was probably the best moment. It's not insanely golf related, but when uh, the owner of the course calls me Mario Andretti because I was speeding around the course that <laughs> you fast. Take the, wait, side note. Do you know so? You know, like the the ones that have like the screen on them. Yeah. If you want to put them in martial mode, so you can take the governor off, you just tap all the corners, and then it brings up like a it's like a Microsoft thing, and you just put on a, a martial mode, and you can like rip around like super fast. It takes the governors off. Yeah. I do that all the time. <laughs> also, also when there's not, you just lift up the seat, and there's like a switch somewhere. Like it kind of depends on each golf golf cart, but you can flip a switch, and it takes the governor off it. Okay, Joe. <laughs> you can rip around. You can rip around. Oh, yeah. Uh, worst moment, uh, probably just when I can't make contact with the ball or there's a hole uh, at the Moose Lodge, which is uh, close to my house, where I can cannot avoid some brush, like I said a little bit <laughs> earlier. Like, oh, my God, my ball is a magnet, and it only goes there, and it, <laughs> it irritates me more than anything in the world, but... That's that's really all I gotta say. I'm not I'm not that big much or um that much of a golf guy, but <clears throat> definitely had some good moments. Definitely had some really bad moments out there. So, Jeffrey, uh, the best golf moment I've had I was at uh, Elks Course uh, at my home in my hometown, and uh, it was a part three. And uh, using we it's a, like a small one, so we're just using my my eight iron, and I hit it, and I'm. I was this is my first year, so I'm I'm very terrible, um, and I just happened to just hit this ball good for some reason, and it like hit right on the green, and I was like I was you know really excited about about it. I was you know talking trash to my friend because he hit his like a little bit over the green. It was just sitting there, and I was like yeah, bro, I'm about to beat you with I'm about to beat you in this course, and then I missed the putt, uh, very bad, <laughs> and it, it went right past the hole. Like I hit it, the putt so hard that it just like flew right past the hole, mm-hmm. and it, it like I, like right on the edge of like the green. <clears throat> so then I was uh, he went and then he ended up like hitting it like close to like the hole, and uh, I hit it again and it just like twirled around and then dropped right inside the hole, and I was like yeah yeah, and that was like the first time I ever like ever got like a score like i was like oh I'm, I'm proud of myself right here i didn't i didn't go bogey i didn't go double bogey this is this is good so i beat him on that hole and then uh my worst moment is probably okay i wasn't driving but my my friend was driving and my other friend was like taking like his last shot and we were just supposed to do like you just pull up close to the close to the green and then my friend for some reason he he does, doesn't golf a lot he drove onto the green and was just like driving on the edge. And it's like, I'm like about to fall out into the water. And I'm like, bro, get out of here. And he like cuts it and is like, makes like a skid mark on oh, there. Oh no. <laughs> and we just like, he was like, my other friend was like, what are you doing? You're not allowed to drive on here. You made a mark. Now we're going to get yelled at. And then uh, we ended up like going to a couple more holes and then. Like some dude came up was like, "Hey, was that uh, your guys' group that drove on the green?" And he was like, "Yeah." He was like, "Well, um, 
he was he didn't know he was just driving on he, he was on an accident he was like all right don't let it happen again but i almost like fell into the water because he was like about to tip the whole car <laughs> right over <laughs> yeah car get up gets up lean in there and gets usually tips so that's, that's the good, scariest good moment i'm just like hanging on for dear Yo. life what about you brody okay so best moment was probably the only eagle i've ever shot uh, it was a uh, par five uh, 500 yards maybe a little less drove and then i cannot hit my three wood to save my life like ever but i hit my three wood and so the the hole kind of goes up a hill and then to the right and there's trees lining the side so you can't actually see the green from the middle of the fairway but i shot my three wood and i thought i shanked it like it was not a good shot and i went up drove up to the green and it was like five feet away from the pin hit the putt so i had the eagle then the worst moment hmm boy probably on the driving range actually um i was trying to correct my slice and i was just like i was playing it super hard just to like see what would happen first shot i took and i shot it outside the driving range and into someone's backyard off their deck so kind of like brandon where it's just like you know they knew that it, they knew going in that they were going to be have golf balls in their yard but yeah i just smoked their deck right off the driving range too i got, so. I got yeah. a story about the driving range about this real quick so the so this driving range at my uh home course is weird it's like angled out to the left but the way that the tee box are set up are like straight so it's kind of like a weird like offset so you gotta like kind of aim weird and the first or the first time i took my friend there he didn't like figure that out at first so like he was just hitting it straight so he was hitting in like the 10th green there was also a wedding happening or the 10th uh fairway <laughs> there was also a wedding happening no, no. and they were taking pictures out on the course and he was like uh he, as a joke, he's like, think I can make it there? And I was like, I don't think so because he wasn't hitting it very far. I was like, I don't, I don't think <laughs> oh. you can hit that. The one time he makes pure contact it and hits is. it like 300 yards, it it's is. dead straight heading for this bridal party. <laughs> and it didn't hit anybody, thank the Lord. But it landed like right where they were taking the picture and they looked at it. And I just like turned away and just started dying laughing. <laughs> and like they were just like yelling at us from afar. I was just like, I mean, you knew the risks, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 <laughs> That oh so man, funny. that is that's pretty funny. I've had a couple times where I've almost like hit a, a golfer, but on the course, you yeah. know, it's like shanked a shot, and it's like, oh boy. Do you guys ever, when you're on the driving range, try to hit the ball collector? All that's the time. A, that's a challenge by itself, the right there. <laughs> that's what they do at Top Golf. <laughs> <laughs> top Golf, exactly. Guess I haven't exactly aimed for that, but there's been like birds on the on the golf on like the driving and range like, and, and like golfers yeah. and stuff all yeah. the time and all that stuff. There was one time too where um, we were on the course actually, and there was like a pack of geese. And they were, they were like right next to the water. And I bet one of my buddies that he wouldn't shoot at the geese and hit him. And he missed all the geese, but rolled in the water. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, funny things weird. like that. But anyways, Good. golf is, uh, golf is one of those things that we've got to look forward to for sure. Once the weather starts getting nicer. Good and times. Absolutely. Good times. Hopefully that's very soon. Cause I am so I'm sick of this cold, ourself. but Same. three days ago it was snowing today. It's raining. That's just pure Michigan Two weeks ago, it was sunny. Yep. <laughs> Sat outside on my porch. Yep. Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Mm. Doesn't last for long. Nope. It's unfortunate. It's just a dream. Well, we'll keep dreaming. And in the meantime, <laughs> we will see you all next week. Keep an eye out for softball coverage and uh, some other interesting feature stories potentially on the way in the torch. Pick up your copy anywhere on campus or feel free to check us out online. See you next week.